Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day you are faced with battles. From small, seemingly insignificant issues to bigger threats that leave you angry and confused. All leading towards a deterioration of your faith, family union, and life according to God's word. Welcome to the Righteous Warriors Podcast. Wake up the warrior in you. Live according to the code of Righteous Warrior. Become the warrior. And now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Waller. Hey, this is Pastor Alan Waller, and this is another podcast of Righteous Warrior. I'm calling out the warrior in you. Listen, a righteous warrior is a man who loves God, loves himself, loves his family, and really wants to make a difference in the world. I thank you for continuing to download the conversations. And today, I'm having another conversation with another daughter. If you've been tracking with me, I've been sort of focusing on what is our responsibility and relationship with the next generation. I've started this conversation raising the issue of do millennials even want this language? Do young men aspire to be warriors? You know, I grew up in a particular time and there are particular dog whistles that call out to my manhood. Is that even still relevant? If not, why? If yes, how do we make that adjustment? And But then after that, we had a conversation with one of my daughters and wanted to talk about what do daughters wish we knew? Some of you that are listening to me, you're right there in the middle of it. Your daughter is 10 years old. Your daughter is 13. Your daughter is 16. And I know, bruh, it is a new world for you. And so that's what that conversation was. But today we're talking about switching gears, switching gears. You know, what's interesting in the Bible, in Ephesians, the Bible says to children, obey your parents, and then it transitions right into honor your mother and father. Now, what's interesting about that passage of scripture is that it's speaking to two different types of children. Number one, there is a child who's under 18 that you are raising. Obey your parent is for that child. There's a point in time when you say it, your children have to do it. Why? Because they're not finished growing yet and you're building them. You're building their character. You're building their understanding of self. And so children obey. But then they get to a point where they're grown. Children obey no longer applies. But for all of us, it's honor your mother and father, honor your father and mother. Well, I'm here today with my other child, my daughter, Erica. She is 26 years old. She is a social worker with an adoption agency. She owns her own dance studio. She is doing the doggone thing. The question is, what does that relationship look like now? I know what it was when she was a little girl. I know what it was when she was a rambunctious teenager. But now she is a mature woman, but she's still my daughter. What does she need now? And brother, what kind of conversation do you need to have with your daughter? So Erica, I want to thank you for being here today. You're welcome. So talk to me a little bit about that. When you think about where you are now, you're 26-year-old, you have your own business, you have your own job, you've got two degrees, you've got your own paper. So our relationship has shifted. 
But what are some of the important things that you still need or need me to hear and other fathers to hear about the father-daughter relationship now that you don't have to obey me, you don't live in my house, you don't need my money, thank the Lord, and <laughs> but I'm still in your life. And what are the important pieces for you now as you think about the daddy-daughter relationship? I think that's like a really hard question. In your like early 20s, you're really learning to figure that out. I think the transition to adulthood and what that looks like as a child is also really hard. So like going from knowing, okay, if I need money for something, I could come ask you for it. And as a kid, you know, I didn't have a job. So like you might give it to me, right? But mm -hmm. now if I need money, it's not necessarily I'm coming to ask you for it because that's not your role anymore. For me, it's been really hard to kind of think about what that transition is like. But I guess like the best thing I can think of that I need in this adult phase is more of like understanding. So I guess it's hard for a parent, right? Because you raise these kids and then your kids are grown. Mm -hmm. And like, you've always been grown our whole like life. Kind of who you are has been who you are. Right. Whereas like, I have evolved from 1992 till today. So like, there's parts of me that I'm still learning. There's parts of me that I'm still like trying to understand. I might not make all the decisions that you think are right, but I think for me, a sense of understanding mm -hmm. in, in knowing that like, okay, she might not do everything that I think that she should do. But like, if you go back to 26, I doubt you did everything that your parents thought you should do, right? right. So true. I think it's just a sense of like understanding. Like, you know, we may not see eye to eye on everything, but I don't think that that should alter or change like any of our like relationship. You know what I right. mean? And that's true because no longer am I even responsible for your decisions. And so your decisions are for your life. And that's right. And you're right. There are some things that I would do that you wouldn't, that you are doing that I wouldn't. But honor is still in the relationship. And I think it's important to remember. I need to remember that at your age, I hadn't figured everything out. I was pastoring at that time, but also getting that thing together and understanding what it means is certain. I certainly wasn't pastoring the church that I'm pastoring now, nor was I doing the things that I'm doing now. And so understanding that is important. How important to you is my, or for any of you, how important is advice? Do you want it? Do you not want it? When you're in one of those places and you're getting ready to make a decision, do you want to hear from us or do you want us to just sort of back up and let you do it and let's see how it happens and be there as a safety net? I think it depends on the decision. So, mm -hmm. for example, when I was starting my business, mm -hmm. I didn't really come to you guys for advice about it. That's and true. that was because I felt like I wanted to do something, right, mm -hmm. that I did that I didn't have any other voices in my head about and that was kind of like all my ideas. I know for me, I'm the type of person that if I ask for advice, sometimes the advice that I get rings louder than my first thought. Yeah. So like mm -hmm. with starting my studio, I was very particular about, okay, and it wasn't that I wanted to keep it from you guys. It's like such an awesome thing. But it mm -hmm. was like, I need to do this for me. Now, if it's a horrible idea, that's going to be on me. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But mm -hmm. like, I didn't feel like I needed advice for that. And it worked out pretty all right. So mm -hmm. I think I did a good job. Right. But I think some other things, like I know I've come to you and talked about things in terms of 
like how to deal with parents with like the students that I'm teaching or how to address a certain situation or like, I think it just depends on the situation. I think we also know our parents as well. So like there are some things that I'm like, if I go to you, I know what you're going to say. So like, I don't necessarily have to, you know, go to you for it. But I think I know that if I'm really in the thick of something, like, I can come to you for advice, right? Like, I know just personally, like, when I was struggling with the concept of death and all this stuff, and I sat in the basement here with you and Mm -hmm. talked for hours and hours on end because I just couldn't get it out of my head, right? Right. But, like, and I think in a sense that me coming to you and dealing with my emotions in a sense was a way of reaching out for, like, advice on what to do and Mm -hmm. how to feel. Mm -hmm. So I think it just really depends. I don't think it's that we don't want to hear it. And I think... Sometimes we need to hear it and we have to kind of get over ourselves for a minute and say like, yeah, this is important to hear. But some stuff, I think as we get older, like we have to learn how to figure it out. Got you. So let me go back to something you said, because I think it's important. You said there's some things that you know what we're going to say. I want to raise that question. I want to raise, is that a good thing? Is it a good thing for us to have principles for us to be where we're going to be, sort of, I know my dad is going to say this. I know my mom is going to say this. Do you count on that? Is that an important part of your world? Or is it a frustrating part of your world? I know he's going to say this. (laughs) I know he's going to say that. And I'm just trying to help someone listening to this podcast because sometimes it seems like this younger generation is wanting us to prove our love by how much we can bend our own convictions to surround your world. But isn't it also important for us to show our love by showing our own integrity and our own convictions and accepting you? So how do you deal with the fact that there's on some things, I am who I am going to be who I'm going to be? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really good to have like your personal convictions and for your children to know what they are. I mean, I think that's really kind of key in growing up and learning how to survive, right? For Mm -hmm. those 18 years. Like, I think (laughs) everybody's family, for the most part, has these kind of the moral of who you guys are as a family, right? Or who your parents personally are. I mean, I think at times it can make it seem like it's harder to go to you because if I know you feel this way, but I really want to like talk to you about something, Mm -hmm. then it makes it harder to feel like it's okay to have the conversation. But at the same time, I think the same way you guys as parents kind of have your own morals and thoughts and like as we grow up, we develop our own. And sometimes they're exactly the same as yours. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes they're different. And I don't think like drastically different, but sometimes like you know, we grow up and start to have our own thoughts about different things. And I think that's when it becomes difficult. When I might have grown up in a house where you believe one thing and I may believe that too, but then there's there's something else that I believe that you might not think is right, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that that makes it hard. However, I think it's important and it's healthy to be able to kind of have what's done in the real world demonstrated in your home. So like when you go to work, there are rules and standards and beliefs at your job that even if you don't agree, like for example, like a dress code, like I may not believe I should have to go to work dressing business casual every day. However, my job says this is what we do here. So if I'm going to be here, that's what I got to do. Right. But that doesn't mean when I walk around every day, (laughs) I have to dress business casual. So I think like it just 
it's important mm-hmm. because it's real life. Like it's not, it happens outside. Like people have different beliefs and morals and you have to just learn how to coexist. Learn how to deal with it. Yeah. And so then that becomes part of what it means to be a parent is, is you know, you're building your house and you're building your system. And one day you're going to take some of my system and some of your mom's system to inform your system. But that assumes we do have a system. We do have right. some convictions. And so, men, you know, we're talking about what it means to be a righteous warrior, what it means to be a dad, what it means to deal with this transition from the girls. You know, I thought I was mad when Erica came out because she's the second one. And I really knew that God was going to give me a boy. I figured, you know, God loves me. He's going to give me one girl, come give me one boy. And that's what it's going to be. And so for about four seconds when she came out and there was no stem on the apple, I was like, oh, God, you did it to me again. But the reality (laughs) is what I found out, it was a wonderful blessing. We had a wonderful life together when they were little girls. I drove them to school. I was much a part of their life. Now, of course, when they turned teenagers and that thing started happening, I had to get out of there. And the reality was their mother was much more part of that conversation. But now that they're grown, I am enjoying a relationship with three whole grown women. Now, sometimes it feels like I got three wives because, I mean, they <laughs> they want to talk about what I have to wear, what I'm eating, where I'm going. It's like, okay, I had one mother. Now I got these three people hovering over me, but it's all good and it's all love. Bruh, you only get back in this season what you put in in the growing up season. And I want to encourage you to understand that a righteous warrior is involved in the full contact sport of parenting. And so today, I wanted you to hear about switching gears. I want you to think about some of the things that it takes to move over from a child who has to do what you say to a child who has to honor you. And when you've done it right on the front end, you will see it exposed on the back end. So listen, this is Pastor Waller, and this is Righteous Warrior Podcast. A righteous warrior is a man who loves God, loves himself, loves his family, and wants to make a difference in the world. And I am calling out the warrior in you. I want to thank you for being a part of this podcast. I certainly hope that you'll let someone know about it. Please go to the website, Righteous Warrior. Like that page. Continue to follow me on Twitter. We are getting closer to May 7th when the book Righteous Warrior is coming out. I am excited to let you know that on May 7th, there will also be available the audio edition. And so we are excited about that. And I'm looking forward to those of you who would choose not to read it. You'll be able to listen to it. So I am looking forward to hearing from you. I'm looking forward to your being a part of the Righteous Warrior Movement. Listen, love you much. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. Thank you for listening to the Righteous Warriors podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and think it would benefit somebody you know, help them wake up the warrior inside and share the episode with them. You can also leave a review or submit questions to Dr. Alan Waller by heading to RighteousWarriorsLLC.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.